Listening to Embrace Your Beautiful Destiny, a show where we will talk about finding beauty in the most unconventional places in our lives. So every week we'll talk about dealing with disappointment or overcoming frustration, dealing with stuff that just gets under your skin and derails you. We'll also have amazing guests on here that will be sharing their stories. So I'm your host, Shanna Strange. Let's dive in. Hey friends, thanks for joining us today. I've got a really good friend of mine who is also an East Texas girl. Her name is Cassie Hudden and She's going to be talking about some of the things God has done in her life, which are amazing. I'm going to read you just a little bit about her, her bio and her testimony. She is passionate. She's a passionate lover of Jesus. She carries the fire of the Holy Spirit and spreads it wherever she goes. I can testify to that. Her greatest (laughs) desire is to see others come alive for Jesus in a greater measure and grab hold of the promises God has given them. She learned early on that the lies the world plants into our hearts and minds play a huge role in how deep we will go in our walk with Christ. That is so true. She has a desire to cast down every lie and replace it with God's biblical truth. Some of Cassie's earliest testimonies are being set free in some areas of bondage that she's going to talk about today. Upon salvation, the Lord spoke to her and commissioned her to go share your testimony. She has been doing that ever since and recently written written her story, Finding Freedom, a personal exodus from error to identity. She carries a unique prophetic preaching gift that reaches deep into the hearts of those she's speaking to. She loves to flow in the prophetic gift God has placed in her life. She leads a prayer group every Tuesday morning in Gladewater, Texas. I need to start coming to that. Um, Amen. (laughs) Praying for our nation and leaders and seeking God about what he's doing here and now. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he's always doing something new. And Cassie and her husband live in Gilmer, and they attend Bethesda Church in Lindale. They have three young boys, and Cassie loves teaching them to hear God's voice. She sees the value God has placed on her children and believes they are never too young to begin engaging with what God is doing in their lives as well. Amen. Cassie's husband, Galen, is a drummer at Bethesda and a worshiper for Jesus. Together, they are partnering with God in this present move and giving him their yes. Awesome. That is so good. Amen. Yeah, it's so weird when somebody reads your bio in front of you, isn't it? Yeah. I'm always like, it really is. (laughs) Yeah, but it's really good. There's some amazing stuff in there. And I know that the Lord probably showed you how to write it and all that. But Mm. it's weird. Um, But I'm glad you're here. So let's just jump in. Let's start talking about your testimony or however God leads you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you read it there in the bio. I was curious. I was like, oh, where'd she get this information before she started reading it? Because I didn't send it to you. Uh-uh. So that's awesome. It was so, it's always so good to hear those things back though, because it's not like I just go on there every so often and read that. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is there anything I need to update? <laughs> right. um, 
but yes, so that's what um, the Lord said to me um, upon salvation. Almost, we're coming up on like five years ago. Um, the Lord said, go share your testimony. And um, in an audible voice, I heard that mm. um, just sitting down praying. And I was at a women's um, retreat and was just um, needed to be under that atmosphere, if you will. I knew that I needed to get away from more than just a Sunday service or more than just, I, even before I was a believer, like I knew that I needed to get away um, and be under that atmosphere for, for, like I said, more than just a Sunday service or a day. And mm -hmm. so I was there for an overnight stay and these breakout sessions happened. And um, one of the breakout sessions was how to share your testimony. <laughs> and then another one was like how to share, like, like evangelism, you know, how to share mm -hmm. Jesus. And I was like, Oh, like my pride, <laughs> my pride was just, um, I was like, I don't want anyone to know that I really don't know anything about Jesus or the Bible. And so I'm like, Oh, I'm going to the breakout session on how to share Jesus. That was kind of like, if you could have put them on a ringer, like this was the least important. And this was the most important. I thought, you know, how to share Jesus was the most important and I needed to be there. Mm -hmm. But the Lord um, used that to say, go share your testimony. And um, so I quickly, you know, got up and was like, wow, that I'd never experienced anything like that. The audible voice of God. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got up and it's so interesting now when I think back on it, I got up and all of these ladies were lined up ready to sign out for sign up for their breakout sessions. And in my heart, I was just like, wow, Lord, like, why didn't you answer them the way that you just answered me? You know, like it was very, very, very clear. Mm. And, um, but I walked up straight to the front of the line in front of all of these ladies and, and changed my name from that breakout session to how to share your testimony. And I'm looking at all of these ladies, like, I, but I, I swear there, there were angels with me that just led me straight to the front of the line. Like I didn't even see anything else. Nobody told, nobody was like, get in line, you know, get to the back of the line yeah. <laughs> or anything. I just walked straight up and, um, sat down again. And so, and prayed some more. And, um, so to go into my story a little bit, uh, I had an abortion when I was 17 and had carried that shame and guilt with me. And it was really just something that weighed extremely heavy on my heart. Um, all those years, this was almost 11 years later. Mm -hmm. Um, and so here I was now a mother of two, um, a one-year-old and a not like I had my children a year apart. And so, um, one was, you know, I don't know, let's say he was probably 20 months old. And then the other one was about 11 months old. And, um, so here I was a mother of two and had, had an abortion and, um, you know, time 11 years later, you think you have forgotten about it. You think you've moved mm. on. Yeah. Um, I still knew that I had real issues with if that word was mentioned, it just, I had to walk out of the room. It, mm -hmm. it stirred so much emotion in me that I couldn't stay there in the room. Um, I, for years I suffered from nightmares, um, just a lot of PTSD. I wouldn't say nightmares necessarily, but PTSD of when I would fall asleep at night, I could not get those images and that moment out of my head. 
and I would just curl up into, you know, the fetal position and just cry. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just very, very traumatic for me, very traumatic where, you know, some, some women, and not that anything irregular happened during abortion, but it just, it just trauma, the, the whole the whole thing itself just um, traumatized me that much. And, um, you know, we, we use our own testimony, our own experiences, and that's how we kind of shape our world around us. Right. And I thought um, that every woman probably experienced this same type of traumatic experience that I did. Like they took it on as, as, as much guilt and shame and, and trauma as I did, but not everybody right. who has an abortion does. They can go back. Some women have had, I I mean, I've heard up to, I mean, they almost use it as a birth control itself, Mm -hmm. like nine, 10, 11, 12 times Mm -hmm. that they've gone and had an abortion. And to me that, I mean, I would have never stepped foot back into an abortion clinic after what I did. And, um, now were you a believer at that point in your life or was that? No, I was 17 when I had the abortion. And then, um, so this is 11 years later when I'm talking about this Mm -hmm. encounter with Jesus. And, um, so that was the big thing, if you will, Mm -hmm. the, the black shadow, my, um, my shame, what I tried to, um, I'm real, I'm the Lord's taken me through the garden of Eden with, um, Adam and Eve, you know, and they, Mm -hmm. they were ashamed And so they covered themselves and that's what I was so ashamed of in my life and what I was trying to cover up. And that's what kept Mm -hmm. me separated from, from God and never wanting to get close to him because obviously that was going to be exposed, you know? Um, but little did I know it was going to set me free. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, um, there was also another incident that happened, um, less, let's see, uh, a, a year a little over a year prior, um, my cousin, my first cousin was shot and murdered mm. by her baby's father. And, um, God just so used that in my life. We had just gotten finished with the murder trial itself. And, um, during whenever it was all said and done, you get to make your kind of your victim, you know, statement to, um, the man that murdered her and and Mm -hmm. you're talking to him face to face. And I remember, um, making that statement to him and talking to him face to face and saying like, you're never going to see your son again. And, um, you know, we remember Cheyenne and, and (laughs) what's crazy is that was in, that was at the end of April. And here I am, I got saved the, I think it was like May 2nd or something Mm. like that. I just happened to look back on the calendar. So it was just weeks after this, that, um, I'm having this encounter with the Lord. And he said to me, because I've forgiven you. And I heard this by the spirit, this wasn't Mm -hmm. audible Mm -hmm. because I've forgiven you, you must forgive him. And in that moment, I recognized that I was a murderer. I had taken a child of God that God loved and that God knit in the womb. And that my abortion was murdered just the same as this man who had taken a gun to her head, planned it out and shot her three times Mm. um, in front of her son, you know, and and I just recognized in that moment, wow, God, you see me the same as you see him. And it, which is 
through eyes of love. Right. It wasn't what I can say these words and it sounds like, wow, God showed you how awful you were. No, God mm. showed me how loved I was. Mm. And through that, <laughs> he gave me a love for people for God. So loved the world mm. that he gave his one and only son. God so loved the world, the entire world, yeah. the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, from there, I just had a, <laughs> that just ignited something in me that, um, again, because of our experiences, we shape the world around us and mm -hmm. we think that everybody feels the same way that we do. And from that point forward, I also had some visions when those words came to me, I saw chains break, which was the bondage that God broke me out of. Mm -hmm. And, um, I also saw myself fall to my knees when he said, because I've forgiven you, you must forgive him because see, I thought of myself as better than, mm. and it was pride. And so God humbled me when I yeah. saw myself fall to my knees, it was a picture of humility. And I was like, wow, God, um, all these years, I don't know. There was just, um, although I was nice and sweet in my heart, I was prideful I, in my heart. I thought of myself as better than, mm. and, um, so I had all this zeal and this, passion and this fire and you know I was going and doing and wow Jesus 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 I was just eating the word like crazy mm -hmm. um and I will share this as well a okay a week later a week after that salvation experience and quite honestly I didn't even I wouldn't have even labeled it salvation at that point I was like I've just fallen in love with Jesus like I can all I can do is think about Jesus right. I can do is read about Jesus. All I can do is share about Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's just all that comes out of my mouth now. And mm -hmm. I remember having that moment, like here in my living room, I was like, it kind of took me back. Like, whoa, everything about this is different. My thoughts mm -hmm. are only about Jesus. This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> he took over. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, so a week later, like I said, I had just been devouring the word. Um, mm -hmm. a, our Sunday school teachers were sharing about an experience that they had. And she had, was just experiencing a lot of spiritual warfare. She had been healed of multiple sclerosis years ago. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, these symptoms were coming back to her all mm -hmm. of a sudden. And she was like, I know this is spiritual warfare. So she went you know, to a friend who she knew walked in deliverance ministry. And, um, it's so crazy because the only spirit, the only strong man that they could really remember them praying over was the spirit of error. They did not mention any yeah. other spirit that day. And as soon as she said the spirit of error in first John chapter four, I mm -hmm. saw a black shadow, just leave my body and wow. go out the window. And later on in my walk, I've understood, I know for sure that was the spirit of error, but, um, abortion falls under the spirit of perversion, which is mm. the spirit, which is also underneath that is the spirit of error. And I was like, wow, that is crazy to me, which is also anyone who's in the LGBTQ okay. that falls under the spirit of perversion. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a twisting of the word. It's a very worldly mindset. Mm -hmm. You, you see things from a very worldly position. Um, you know, from that place of not allowing your mind to be renewed. Mm -hmm. And um, wow. That's interesting. My, I've heard you mm -hmm. talk about that. And it's, it's, what does that scripture say? It actually says it's a spirit of error. It calls it that. Yes. And in, in my translation, it, it calls it a spirit of error or a spirit of deception. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I think the King James Version says spirit of error, and the New Living Translation says deception. There's so many people, so many people under that right now. Do mm-hmm. you think it's also like a principality thing? I know we're kind of getting mm. a little deeper into that. Do you feel like has God revealed that to you, that there are certain places where it's actually even worse? Oh, my. That's a very good question. Um not that he's necessarily revealed it to me, but I can definitely see where um, these spirits partner together, yeah, the Antichrist yeah. spirit, because it talks about the Antichrist right there in the same, mm-hmm. um, because it, you see, that was another misunderstanding. Not that I had this spirit attached to me, but mm-hmm. it had lied to me. It says, if, if you deny that Jesus came in the flesh, well, we can twist that to think that it will actually be like an atheist, for instance, like, Mm -hmm. or someone who just says, well, Jesus was just a prophet or Mm -hmm. something like that. But in fact, in my mind, the Antichrist spirit had lied to me and I did not recognize the deity of Christ. Like Mm -hmm. it, I was watching, this was actually before I was saved, right before I was saved, I was watching, um, a show on TV and it talks about, and and it's, it's depicting the life of Jesus. And it was a scene where Jesus has risen from the dead and he is, he's going back to, it's, it's the doubting Thomas scene Mm -hmm. where Thomas says, and I actually see Jesus sit down with the apostles, eat, drink. And he's, he's, I was like, Oh my gosh, wait a second. He just didn't, rise from the dead in his spirit like I don't know why Mm -hmm. it never because it's a spirit it lies to you and that was the antichrist spirit at work in my life Mm -hmm. lying to me that that I couldn't recollect that Jesus rose from the dead in the flesh Mm. he rose from the dead in the flesh he at he ate with the disciples he sat with the disciples he drank with them he was and then and then he's then he shows you know Thomas his hands and his side Mm -hmm. but it was him eating that really stuck out to me I was like whoa like you only you don't need to eat if you are a spirit you know what I'm saying like yeah he was he he needed to eat he was still he was (laughs) human yeah um I and that's part of what you do now is you like help people see the lies that they're believing right yes exactly and that's something that my friend um pointed out to me the other day you know Leslie she's at Mm -hmm. she's doing the bible study with us right now and um I guess I recognized this for myself, but I didn't recognize it as a gift for the body. Mm. But um, she told me, um, you have a real ability to, I guess, um, notice your weaknesses and then you like go for that weakness. Like, like I attack it. I'm like, no, Mm. this is not God's best for me. I'm, I'm going to be delivered in this area. Yeah. And Mm. I'm recognizing that God's given me this gift to call it out in others as yeah. well. And, um, so this, which is just really cool to just see it in an, as a good thing for the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, what we talked about a gift is to be given. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's, he wants us to experience true freedom, mm-hmm. true freedom. And we think we have that. It's so funny to me, not funny, sad, how yeah. when we're, we're in the world and we think true freedom is being able to sin however you want, we don't even see that as a bondage sometimes. Mm. 
And, but the truth is true freedom is, is not even desiring to sin anymore Mm -hmm. and being able to just live unto the Lord and live consecrated and holy and enjoy that, you know, like actually desire that and want to be in his presence all the time. So tell me a little bit about, um, cause you have a ministry, you have the book, mm-hmm. so God took you through this journey and delivered you. And then you wrote a book mm-hmm. and now you share that those truths with people, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, the ministry, which oh, it's, oh my gosh, do you remember this? We were at, um, the conference at Tracy's. I meant to bring that up. Yeah. I was like, yes, or something, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. So mm-hmm. cool. Because, um, okay. I had gone through a healing study for the abortion. I knew that I'd been healed, but I also knew that God had more healing for me. I just knew yeah. he did. And so I went through the healing study with a group and he showed me that my child was a girl and her name was freedom. And I was like, okay, wow. And that just meant so much to me. It meant, um, to, it was not only my freedom. I was like, I'm standing on this word, um, for my family. They're going to find freedom in Jesus, you know, all of these things. And, um, he was also transitioning us from out of a religious church and into a more spirit filled one. And, and, you know, just my mind was being renewed and just walking in a newness. And, um, so through, yeah, so I had, I believe I had gone through that. And so then I see you and you were like, obviously it was the Holy spirit. And you were like, what's, what's the name of your ministry? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just thought what? This already in ministry. I could just see it on you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. And then the Lord was like, Cassie, I, you know, that I've given you the name of your ministry and it's finding freedom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just right after that. Um, just those words stuck with me because I knew I was called to the ministry, yeah. but mm-hmm. it was like, but when's it going to happen? Or, you know, it's, it's going to be down the road or whatever, but it was like mm-hmm. the Lord just birthed that seed, just really planted that seed in me all because you asked me, what's the name of your ministry? And I'm like, what? Excuse me. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. but yeah, it was, that was really cool. And so then I had the name of the ministry and then just waiting for God's timing um, mm-hmm. to really bring about the ministry. So through the book, um, I had a book launch last February, a little over it's a month a really ago. Great book too. I read it. It's really good. You guys should get it. Can they get it at, um, cassiehutton.org? Is that right? It's .com. .com. Um, cassiehutton.com. It'll just take you straight to Amazon. It's on okay. there. Okay. Cassiehutton.com. And then, yeah, um, just takes you straight to Amazon. Um, but yes, yes, go get the book. It's, it's good. It's not just about, you know, healing from abortion. It's about being delivered from a religious mindset. It's about being delivered from the spirit of error. It's about learning to forgive. Um, it's about learning to just continually steward your fire Mm -hmm. for Jesus and not let it go out. Yeah. Do you think, and one of the things the Lord's revealed to me because we live in the Bible Belt, is that mm-hmm. there is such uh, a religious spirit controlling this mm-hmm. area and, and a lot of the areas that surround the kind of regional. Um, and, and people are thinking that just because they're sitting in a church um, and they have no relationship mm-hmm. with God whatsoever, they think that they're saved. But mm-hmm. even beyond just being saved, like they don't even know God. And mm-hmm. they kind of say things like, oh, the man upstairs and things like that. I'm like, what? Do you just, yeah. 
that's not what he wants for you. I don't know yeah. if, if that's something you see too. And I think a book like yours really, and their ministry can really speak to people who are trapped in like religious environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, I will say this, even above the religious spirit is the spirit of poverty over this mm, region. You're so right. And, um, Donna Da Silva, the leader of Sozo yeah. Ministries out of Bethel, she mm-hmm. came um, to downpour and that was the spirit that she discerned over this region. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. Um, we, we all, us here, we call out the religious spirit, but she discerned a spirit of poverty. And, you know, it's not just that um, we, we live in, we live in la- a spirit of poverty will cause you to live in lack, even if it's not in finance finances, it'll cause you to say, um, well, I'm get, I'm getting too up here. Like mm. I had to tell myself like, yes, God wants me to write a book. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like it's the enemy who wants me to stay down here. That's a false humility. Mm-hmm. The enemy that was the one that comes to tell you like, you're getting too grandiose or you're getting too mm-hmm. far up there. Like come back down here, sweetie, like come mm-hmm. back down to earth. Well, no, that's not, that's not Jesus. He's constantly like, that's what you read in my bio. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he's always doing something new. Well, he, who's he doing it through? You and I. He's mm-hmm. not going to just poof, make it come out of thin air. He's doing it through you and me. He's constantly giving us new ideas, constantly giving us new blueprints, constantly giving us, because we are here to do his work on earth. Yeah. And he releases it through us. And honestly, I think that he has a destiny for all of us, but mm-hmm. if that person says no, then he's, he's willing to give it to whoever will say yes. yes. And so if it looks like this person over here is doing just, um, you know, I think about people who, um, man, like there are just some ministers, big ministry names mm-hmm. that man, they've always got something new coming out, a new book, a new, a new vision, a new this, a new that. Yeah. And, um, it amazes me sometimes, you know, I'm like, wow, where do they find the time to do all that? Um, but God wants that for all of us. Absolutely. He wants that for all of us because there's so many people who are living in a lost and dying world or who are under that religious spirit and poverty mindset mm-hmm. of God just wants me to stay right here. And, um, and I'll be honest with you. Like one of the things that keeps me almost, uh, Huh, I have to rise above this. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that you have had to learn to do this too, because you've got ideas. You've got this podcast mm-hmm. that's out. Um, have you written two books? Uh, well, one uh, and like a devotional that was collaborative. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, you're doing music lessons and all these things. And some people can look at you and compare themselves to you and, and then get depressed. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, like, don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't compare yourselves. Just ask Jesus what he has for you and then Mm -hmm. run with it. That's so good. And Mm -hmm. I think everybody who's listening to this, you need to hear that. Like, don't try to be a duplication of someone else, a repeat of me or Cassie or whoever else in this or whoever else you're looking up to and thinking they're some kind of super person Mm. apostle like none of us are like we're just hearing the Lord and then doing what he's saying to do Um, and whatever gifts he's given us and I want to just take a minute to encourage everybody that's listening to this to just um, put all those ideas aside that say oh 
well, somebody else is already doing this. Somebody else is already doing a podcast or somebody else is already, do you know how many billions of people are in the world right now? Mm. We need to all be doing our part. We need to all be doing as many, as much as the Lord says for us to do now, not to get Mm -hmm. works based about it and, but to to listen to the Lord. Yeah. I do have my hand in a lot of areas, but those are areas that the Lord has said, I've gifted you in this. Yeah. To do it. And I'm going to help you. Um, do you have anything to say about that? I know you got to have some wisdom for some people. Yeah. As far as like, um, yeah, that's what I came out of a works-based mentality, you know, of thinking that (laughs) my, serving, serving, serving was somehow going to get me closer to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't it at all. And that's, that's the dead works. Like we, the work is birthed through intimacy with Jesus. And from that intimate, intimate place and secret place of spending time with him, he then says, go do this. Yeah. He then says, go do that. And then there's a grace upon your life to do all of those things. And so if if you're outside of grace, there's not power to do it. You're struggling. You are, um, you, 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 it just, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't flow like it's supposed to. And not that we won't always like have to strive, um, you know, in our works, but there's just a special grace upon it whenever it's birthed from the secret place of intimacy. Thanks for joining in today on this two-part series. This interview with Cassie Hutton today was part one. And you can learn more about her and what she does at CassieHutton.com. C-A-S-S-I-E-H-U-T-T-O-N.com. And you can just read all about her ministry. I'm sure there are lots of resources there that can help you. You can even um, check with her about speaking at your next women's event. So make sure you come back next week. See you guys then.